this edition of the TalkNap Podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at TalkNats. Today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek. Take $20 off your first ticket purchase with promo code TalkNats. Yes, that's even Nationals tickets. Just follow the link in the show description. Today's episode is also brought to you by Manscaped. Take 20% off plus free shipping when you use promo code MINUTECAST at manscaped.com. And this episode is also brought to you by Mayweather Boxing and Fitness at 230 Water Street. Just tell them you want the Nats discount. So in this edition of the Talk Nats podcast, we talk about Davey Martinez's new deal and what that means for the Nationals. We'll talk about Dylan Cruz and how he keeps climbing up that ladder. Where Where is it going to top out at the end of the year? Uh, but just to get it going here, we have Matt Wyrick of NBC Sports Washington. Matt, welcome to the show. Appreciate you having me on, Dan. Lots going on here uh, in Nats world. So today, the big news for today was that the Washington Nationals signed Davey Martinez to a new two-year deal. There is an option for the third year. What were your initial reactions to that signing? Yeah, you know, honestly, it was kind of a what took so long reaction for me. I mean, Davey Martinez obviously was with the Nationals. Uh, at the uh, wins and losses really aren't how you would measure a manager's success when you are going through some lean years like the Nationals are right now. But I think there are a lot of positives that you can point to with how he has led this team, particularly in how he has had his players going to the ballpark every night, playing hard despite the fact that the losses have seriously mounted, uh, peaking with the most losses in Major League Baseball last year. This team still has a lot of fight. They still are, are playing to every last out. We've seen it time and time again this season with them mounting some serious comebacks in the late innings, you know, bullpen arms uh, coming out and, and shutting things down to keep them in games. I mean, there are a lot of times when players on this team could give up and Davey Martinez is the captain of the ship that has not let them uh, do so. So, you know, I, I think that he is the right man for the job here to continue through and, and see this thing out. And I'm very interested to see what it looks like uh Davey Martinez-led team once this team is ready to contend again because we only really got to see that for one or two years there before things really started to fall apart. And I think a true measure of a good manager uh, would be how he coaches through the good times and the bad times. And Davey Martinez has seen both of those. And I think that he's done that very well. The thing I like about him is he uh, knows when to be firm, but he always seems like he has a positive attitude. Granted, I've never met the man, just what I've seen in different uh, videos and that kind of thing. Uh, but just taking a look at the record, I think what really helped uh, Davey Martinez and Rizzo, I think, eventually is how they were able to turn this team around. Uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of saw this season was a lost cause uh, to a certain extent that this was just a part of a rebuild. But he has really turned this team around. And if you take a look at it, they're eight games behind the Cubs for the third and final wildcard spot. Now, if they made the playoffs, that would be quite something. But it's not even about that. What he was able to do for this team is quite impressive. Absolutely. I mean, Davey Martinez's style is is to have an open communication. Guys can come in, you know, open door 
talk about whatever they need to. They can say anything to him and he'll be receptive to it. But also he lets them be themselves. He encourages them to be themselves. This is a young team with a lot of guys who are just breaking into the major leagues with the Nationals. And Davey Martinez is, is the guy who is showing them what it means to be a major leaguer, pointing them to the, lo- the leaders in the clubhouse, saying these are the guys you want to emulate. These are the guys you want to follow. And it's helped foster a really strong culture on this Nationals team that I, I think is something that they're only going to continue to build on. Uh, so in order to continue to build that, I think having Davey Martinez there uh, is is such a key component that you know, it, it's become a foundation for this team. You know, we, we heard it all, all in 2019, you know, stay in the fight. Uh, this, this is the way that the nationals, they had fun. They were a bunch of old guys uh, uh, who, who were able to let loose now with them all young. I mean, they're able to let loose even more. So uh, I, I think it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to, to watch this team come into its own. And, and Davey Martinez is, is certainly should be credited uh, with a, having a hand in the success of a lot of these young players, namely guys like C.J. Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, K.B. Ruiz, all who have enjoyed pretty strong seasons here, Josiah Gray as well, uh, key members of this organization thriving and coming to their own under Dirk Martinez's watch. And if we take a look at it, stability would be one of the things that I would say is the biggest thing is uh, we take a look at it. So Davey Martinez has been here for some time and then Dusty Baker before that. I guess if there was one do over, I think that some Nats fans, at least a couple of years ago, maybe thought they cut ties with Dusty Baker a little bit soon. But I think that most Nationals fans in general uh, like the job that Davey Martinez has done. I do um, as well. So let's take a look at Rizzo. Uh, It is rumored that he is the next man to get a new contract. Another guy that, you know, uh, carries a lot of pressure on him, you know, for the good and the bad. And some people take a look at the moves. You know, we saw Scherzer and Trey Turner get dealt out to the Dodgers then Juan Soto and Josh Bell out to the Padres. And some people were beside themselves, like, how could you let this happen? Max Scherzer wasn't coming back and neither was Trey Turner. We got a huge return for them. It really has helped bolster the prospect pool. Uh, Same thing goes for the return that the Nationals got for uh, Juan Soto and Josh Bell. The biggest thing is to not get caught up in the moment and say, well, how are we going to get out of this? It's big picture. Now take a look at how great the Nationals farm system is. I want to say it's the eighth best in all of Major League Baseball. That is quite a story, and Mike Rizzo has had a lot to do with that. Absolutely. I I mean, Rizzo built this team once, and and now he's trying to do it again, uh, up for an extension, just like Martinez. uh, You know, multiple reports saying that they're working towards a similar structure. Does seem like they kind of come as a package deal at this point, and and with a a uh, you know sale potentially coming here, I, I think. You were right to hammer the point on stability, you know, just to have the same two guys who have been there uh, to be, you know, able to see this rebuild through, I, I think is important for prospective buyers just to see, okay, you know, these are the guys that uh, have kind of been the architects of this whole thing. Uh, and now we're not, you know, getting two new people thrown in to, to start changing things and, and uh, disrupting that chemistry. So with Rizzo, you know, he, he's definitely not a perfect GM. You know, I think that the Nationals certainly did some few things to themselves that forced them to enter a rebuild. That happens with any organization. It's a really tough line to 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 toe when you are a good team for a long time and you're trying to continue to produce talent uh, in the farm system. They were not able to do that, drafting lower. Uh, in the first round and, and ultimately draft really any impact talent from the second round on for for a good span there from 2012 to 2019. So they're trying to, to overhaul a few things. They've brought in a lot of new voices, a lot of new faces here in the player development staff, namely uh, researcher staff, things like that. Rizzo is still Rizzo. He's going to lean on his scouting background first and foremost, but but certainly I think that he deserves, as somebody who has you know come in and, and revamp. 
Today's episode is brought to you by SeatGeek. Shout out to SeatGeek for sponsoring. I recently became a brand ambassador for them. SeatGeek is a ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. Plus, my listeners get $20 off their first ticket purchase when they use promo code TALKNATS. Click the link in the show description to download the app. Remember code TALK. N-A-T-S to take $20 off your first ticket purchase. Just follow the link in the show description. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right, they are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using promo code MINUTECAST for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all the stubble trouble with Manscaped's Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with a beard hedger this thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces first off this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons that's right a face grooming doesn't need to be hard get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard plus it's waterproof so you can shave in the shower to avoid all the hair in the sink get 20 percent off and free shipping with promo code minutecast at manscape.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscape.com and use promo code M-I-N-U-T-E-C-A-S-T, Manscaped, Beard Hedger, One Stroke, One Guard, 20 Lengths. Hampton organization through a rebuild before, uh, have the chance to see this one through considering he has already pulled off some moves that are starting to look pretty good. It's interesting how people's tune changes in a hurry. Earlier in the season, it was like, get rid of Rizzo. Everyone was kind of talking about that because, you know, they're in the midst of a rebuild, but now everyone is singing their praises. So the interesting thing to look at is the Nats are 57 and 68, 19 and 10 in their last 29. Matt, you're a guy that's covered this team for quite some time. Look into your crystal ball. How do you see this team finishing at the end of the season? Uh, do you think there is a snowball's chance in hell of them making it to the playoffs? Or or what is it about? Is it about assessment for the rest of the year? Yeah, I, I think it's certainly about assessment. I mean, certainly they're trying to, to win games right now just for the sake of maybe morale more than anything else. And also the fact that since they did draft in the first top, top five picks, of last year's MLB draft, they cannot uh, draft in the top five once again. So there really is no incentive for them to have a bottom five uh, uh, record at the end of this season with the new CBA rules. So they're trying to win some ball games. They're trying to make some noise, play play spoiler for other teams. I, I don't know that the playoffs are in the cards uh, for this team right now. The, not you know you mentioned eight games between them and the wild card spot. There's a lot of teams in the way of them as well. So uh, I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen for this team here in 2023, but I do think that they are trending certainly in the right direction. A 70 win season seems well within reach for them, uh, which, you know, is a market improvement for this team. And, and considering that they had such low expectations coming into the year, I mean, they were a slam dunk team to, you know, everybody looking to their crystal ball said they were a bottom three team in the league, you know, stamp and, and lock it in. Uh, and they're certainly proving to be a lot better than that. And that's, that's been a, a testament to the, the players that they have brought in. Just uh, switch gears here a little bit as we take a look at this season. Uh, there have been some bright spots and some kind of, you know, not so good things. If we take a look at some players that have really risen above much greater than I think anyone ever expected. If you take a look at Stone Garrett, for example, 
I was kind of singing his praises all season. It seems like whenever he gets his opportunity, he makes the most of it. Uh, he struggled a little bit earlier in the season. He didn't have the same consistency with left and right-handed pitching. So I think he's kind of even keeled there. But just even kind of taking a look around some players that were seen as depth pieces. Uh, you see Alou has been playing really uh, good in the utility guys like Vargas, that kind of thing. So those are the bright spots, the building blocks, you know, for right now. But taking a look at the pitching here for a moment, we take a look at uh, Cade Cavalli, who uh, we know had the surgery and is going to miss a substan uh, substantial amount of time, is supposed to be back next year. And also Steven Strasburg. Let's start with Strasburg there. Um, an, uh, a sad story at the end of the day. He has been one of the aces on this team for the longest time and injuries seem to have caught up to him. And I, I don't think there is a future with him in baseball. What are your thoughts on Steven Strasburg? Yeah, I mean, Strasburg is forever going to be a legend in D.C. for the efforts that he put together, you know, not just during their 2019 World Series run, but really throughout his entire career. And the fact that he signed a team-friendly extension uh, to stay in D.C., and then that's what bridged him to get to that World Series season in the first place. So, you know, I, I think that Strasburg has certainly – uh, put together a career worthy of of hanging his number uh, up in the Nationals Ring of Honor, potentially having a statue. But uh, at the end of the day, like you said, it, it's a sad story. I, I don't think that Strasburg is going to pitch again just from what we have not seen from him uh, over these last few seasons. You know, he comes in for, for one start and immediately goes right back on the I.L., uh, has not really, I, I don't even think he's reported uh, to Nationals Park at all this season for, for any team organized activities. So uh, still, you know, feeling that pain in, in just his general day-to-day -day activities, it's hard to hard to see a path for him getting back on a pitcher's mound in an MLB game. Certainly uh, he's going to try and do it. And, and you know, I would love to see it, but uh, it is a long, long uphill battle for him to do so. All right, so let's talk about uh, Josiah Gray here next. He is was an all-star, but has struggled uh, his last couple games. I do think that at some point he is going to be one of the aces starting rotation for the Nationals. Let me know your thoughts on Josiah Gray. What is working and what isn't working? Yeah, you know, I, I really liked his, his off-speed, particularly his changeup and curveball this season. I think they've been major weapons and really were uh, important weapons for him last season when he was relying a lot more on the fastball. That was just getting pummeled. I mean, I, I think the solution really has been to rely on it there a little bit less and to try to work his off-speed, be a little bit more crafty, because ultimately he's not a Max Scherzer who is going to you know throw 97-98 with movement. Uh, to get strikeouts. That's just not the type of pitcher that Josiah Gray is, but he certainly is an effective one uh, when he's at his best. He can really carve him up when he is locating well. So I think the Nationals have to be pleased with what they've seen from this se this season. He's obviously struggled here uh, over these last couple of weeks, and you know I think he's approaching a career high in innings, as is Mackenzie Gore. So that's to be expected for, for young pitchers who are building up their arms to potentially being 200-inning guys, which – Gray has stated in the past is a goal of his. So, you know, I, I think that what you've seen from him this season is already should be considered a success. If he does have a rough uh, last few weeks here down the stretch because of fatigue, because uh, of the innings that he's racked up, I wouldn't be super surprised. But, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, with him throwing off speed, uh, I, I think there is a path to success for him long term in D.C. And I'm excited to see what he can do uh, once he puts together another full offseason next year and is pitching alongside the likes of Cavalli and Gray and Gore. Excuse so me. 
So the big excitement out there as well is Dylan Cruz, uh, as we know, during the draft, we always talked about, are the Nationals going to get Skeens? Are they going to get Dylan Cruz? And uh, they got Cruz. And I got to think, all things considered, I'm rather happy. After 14 games with low class A Fredericksburg, outfielder Dylan Cruz will jump two minor league levels this week. Uh, and saying, you know, taking a look at the future, it could be Cruz, James Wood, and Robert, Robert Hassel third. What is your excitement level level for Dylan Cruz and the outfield of the future for the Nationals? Man, I, I, I've i loved Dylan Cruz's profile. I mean, I always kind of wrote off pretty much most of the draft season that he was not going to land to the Nationals at number two. He figured to be a lock at number one. I think he was overall the best prospect in the draft. You know, the the, the Pirates go with Paul Skeens, I, I think partially for signability reasons with Cruz and, and his preferred destination. Uh, but also because, uh, you know, how often does a pitcher of Skeen's caliber really come around, whereas, you know, there are hit star hitters that come through the draft pretty much every year. So I get it. I get why they took Skeen's, but I don't think that should diminish uh, from the excitement that Nationals fans should have for Cruz, who clearly wanted to be in D.C., uh, an organization that has a history of developing outfielders into stars, guys like Bryce Harper, guys like Juan Soto, even Trey Turner came up and played center field earlier in his career. Uh, this is a, an organization with a proven track record to do it. Uh, and Cruz certainly hits this mold, fits this mold. Uh, so I think that, you know, the success that he had there in single A, I mean, I, I can't tell you that Fredericksburg is, was really offering much tougher competition than he was seeing uh, in the SEC this past season. So uh, it did not surprise me that, that he was able to take advantage quickly. Uh, but now he moves two levels, skipping that pitcher-friendly ballpark in Wilmington at high A uh, and going straight to double A, where now we're going to get a real test uh, of what kind of player Cruz can be and see uh, if the strikeouts that he was racking up, even in single A, uh, rear their head or, or don't prove to be a problem. When will we see him on the big team, the Nationals? Again, I want you to look back into your crystal ball. When is he going to be ready for prime time? Personally, I, I think I'd be shocked um, if... If we did see Dylan Cruz in the majors this season, I mean, they have about a month left uh, of the double A season here. So uh, he, he, if he struggles particularly, we're definitely not going to see him. But even if he comes out of the gate really hot, uh, you know, I think they want to get him acclimated uh, to double A, get him uh, facing competition and then having to adjust once that competition adjusts to him. Uh, it's one thing to come up and be good right away, uh, but it's another thing entirely to once other pitchers start to figure out why you're pummeling them, uh, still pummel them anyway. So I think that this is, you know, an aggressive assignment for Cruz for sure to already be putting him in double A. Uh, but at the same time, I don't think you need to overdo it and call him up to the majors this year. I would imagine that uh, he reports to spring training, spring training next year. Uh, and is in competition for for a, a spot on that opening day roster. I would not be surprised uh, if he does make the team out of camp next year, especially with the draft pick compensation that you can get uh, as an organization if your player finishes in the top two of rookie of the year or MVP voting. Uh, but certainly, uh, I, I think there, there there's there's no reason to rush Cruz given uh, the state of the Nationals. Now, if they were to you know suddenly make things interesting in the wild card. Sure, maybe maybe they call him up, but I think that's really a long shot and not something that anyone in the organization is really expecting at this point. So the other surprise uh, in the last game here is that we saw Carter Keyboom. He didn't play in the game, but he was in attendance. He was there. Uh, kind of an odd move. Uh, the different uh, podcasts and the different programs I listen to, blog writers out there, they kind of said that, you know, they're hiding him in the minors that will probably never see him on the Nationals, maybe ever again, but not this season. And then all of a sudden, poof, there he was. 
What's behind that at the end of the day? Why Carter Keboom now? Is this make or break for him? Uh, one of the other podcasts I was listening to, they said that they didn't want him to play in this last game just because it was under the national lights and everything, and they didn't want him to really feel the pressure uh, for me. And I don't know if it, Carter Keboom's ever going to find a spot on this team. What what do you have him pegged for? Keboom, you know, right now where he is at the Nationals, he is, you know, in front of nobody in the pecking order at this point. There, You know, the first round draft pick expectations are gone. And now it's, do you have anything to show us? And I don't think that they're just going to hand him playing time right off the bat. I mean, we saw with Jeter Downs, he really had to earn his way uh, two at-bats with the Nationals. And and ultimately, he, he did all right in his very few number of at-bats, but, but ultimately it sent him down anyway. So, uh, you know, with, with guys uh, like Michael Chavis and Ildemaro Vargas playing every day at this point, uh, I would not be surprised if Keyboom has to play very limited spots, maybe pinch hitting roles, pinch running roles, uh, late inning fielding, you know, whatever it may be uh, that the Nationals decide to do before we actually start to see him in the lineup on a regular basis. So uh, it, it's going to be... He's going to have to prove himself and prove himself quickly, I think, to earn any kind of major role on this team. Yeah, it's it's a tough role for him, and there were such high hopes for him. Uh, maybe he'll find his way at the end of the day. Listen, Matt, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast. Why don't you tell everyone where we can find your work and your Substack? Absolutely, yeah. As, as Dan mentioned, I just recently started uh, a Substack on Nationals content. Haven't been uh, covering the team here this season, but you know, been missing missing them a lot. So decided to to start up a, a little newsletter there. So he's going to throw the link in the bio. Be sure to check that out. My second newsletter uh, just came out Monday morning, uh, talking about Dylan Cruz and that aggressive assignment, as well uh, as some Mackenzie Gore tidbits uh, that are certainly worth checking out. I'm also over on NBCSportsWashington.com where I cover the Capitals. Uh, Caps media game uh, is going to be Tuesday afternoon. So I'm sure there's going to be a lot of content coming out. You'll see me making an absolute fool of myself on a <laughs> pair of skates. So definitely looking forward to that. Um, and hopefully uh, you guys don't laugh at me too much when you check it out. All right, Matt. Thank you once again for joining us on this edition of the Talk Nats podcast.